Du lyssnar på Framgångspodden i samarbete med Ekost. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did it get 30, 30, how did get 30, how did get 20, 20, 20, how did get 20, 20, how did get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Det här avsnittet presenteras i samarbete med Framgångsakademin som är Sveriges största tjänst för personlig utveckling och karriär. Och de har nu lanserat Framgångsakademins app där du kan kolla på alla kurser direkt i mobilen vart du än befinner dig. Här har du Sveriges främsta experter samlade på en och samma plats i syfte att utveckla dig. I och med detta har vi tagit fram ett once in a lifetime erbjudande där du får gå utbildningar helt gratis första månaden följt av 80% rabatt som du sedan behåller hur länge du vill. Det är alltså ingen bindningstid eller uppsägningstid. Nu är det enbart 500 stycken som får det här erbjudandet så det är först till kvarn som gäller. Allt handlar om att inte stå stilla på samma ställe utan istället utvecklas. Och vill du vidare i livet så är det absolut det billigaste och bästa sättet du kan göra det på. Det är ett enkelt sätt att levla upp både din karriär och dig själv. Så vad väntar du på? Gå in på kampanj.framgangsakademin.se och signa upp dig direkt. Alltså kampanj.framgangsakademin.se Welcome ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to maybe one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Fram Gangspotting with Alexander Perleros. Today we have the tenacious entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary is the quintessential digital modern day superhero with millions of followers every day in social media. He is the five-time New York Times best-selling author, angel investor, like his investment in Facebook and Twitter. His vast career stems from immigrating from Soviet Union to the Queens, New York in the late 17th, knowing zero English, to founding the most popular digital marketing agency in the world, Wayner Media. We talked about his hustle mentality and his ambition to build the greatest empire and also the trends of social media. Without further ado, Gary Wynichuk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, 
let me introduce you to Fram Gangspotten with Alexander Paleros. Today we have the tenacious entrepreneur, best-selling author, and the quintessential digital modern-day superhero. His motivational speeches and sharp wisdom have captivated millions of people across the globe. Without further ado, Gary Vaynerchuk. Thank you for being here today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. And for the listeners tuning in today that don't know so much about your upbringing, let's take us back for a bit. You were born in Belarus, Soviet Union, and in the late 70s immigrated to Queens, New York, knowing zero English. You came from poor conditions and your family didn't have so much. Can you give us some insight into that chapter in your life? You know, I uh, I've come to learn how much I like psychology and human behavior. And I, you know, when I think about that chapter of my life, uh, I realize how much that was the establishment of who I am today. You know, when you don't have much, you're if you if you're fortunate and have the right DNA and right parenting surrounding you in that circumstance, you become grateful and, and thankful for what you have. And you also develop a level of thick skin because you're dealing with a lot of adversity and you develop a level of work ethic because you realize that, you know, your parents aren't going to hand you every toy you want. And <laughs> so, you know, I think a lot of the things that I'm grateful for characteristically came from those humble beginnings. And, and, you know, those are the, I would argue those years are the foundation of my success. I think you, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, conversation around the first five or six or seven years of one's life, how, how foundational those are. And, you know, I, I definitely associate with that. I understand that because I feel that in my story. Mm. And I, and I read that, um, you count sheets of toilet paper for your family in a tiny studio apartment in New York. We were just very, very, um, you know, uh, frugal, right. It would not only that, but, you know, my, my sister's dress for my dad's 30th birthday because my parents had us in our their early 20s. So I remember my dad's 30th birthday very well. My sister's dress was made out of the the curtains in our, <laughs> in our, in our kitchen. There was just an incredible, um, you know, value put on saving money at all costs. Right. And, and there was, you know, I think that was, a really, you know, important part. And so, yes, like not, not going out to eat, not going on vacations, you know, crazy things like your sister's dress being made out of curtains because they were ready to change out the curtains, but you don't just <laughs> throw away the curtains. Um, that, that, uh, value for limited resources is, uh, was definitely established at that point in my life. And how has that infect you? You know, it's funny. I'm definitely not as, um, frugal as you one might think when they hear that story i don't value you know i'm definitely loose with my money i'm I'm a saver but i'm not one that overly values dollars i think what it really made me it was less that it made me overly thoughtful with money i think it made me um very simple i think i'm a really simple guy i don't really need much i need my process i need to enjoy what i'm doing but when it comes to stuff, I don't put material items on a pedestal. And, um, and I, I, I feel like those humble beginnings probably put me in that place. I didn't, I didn't look up to people with nicer things than me. I, I just didn't care 
and I felt like it did the job, right? If I wore, for example, almost all my clothes starting in third grade were liquor promotional items, t-shirts, sweatshirts, you know, like, because my dad would get- <laughs> well, Was it like, like Coca-Cola or was it, no, it was liquor. It was liquor, which was even funnier because I was a child wearing vodka t-shirts, you know? Did, but, did, did, did you have absolute vodka? Of course. And I think, you know, I think that was because if we were going to get this free promotional material, then why buy clothes? And, uh, and that's how I live my life. And, um, and I'm grateful for that because it does, as, as an adult, I didn't have a need to have the same things that my contemporaries did. I don't need, now that I'm playing in, in a different arena, I don't need, you know, when I have a friend that brags about having a private plane or, or a boat or a third mansion somewhere, it, it doesn't, it doesn't register to me as something that, you know, I need. And, and more importantly, when I hear it, I go into one of two places. A, I'm so happy for my friend or B, I hope my friend's not buying this just to show off because deep down they're actually insecure. But can it also be like that, that if you hear a friend of you buy a yacht or always fly private plane, uh, that you are like, all right, this is not a friend that um, we have so much in common. This is not a friend that I want to hang out with. If they're doing it in a way to try to make other people feel bad, yes. You know, but if they're doing it as a, you know, a normal conversation or even out of pride for their own accomplishments, that doesn't necessarily go into a negative place in my mind. The only time, to your point, the place where that would take me, if if I was to not want to spend as much time with that person, it was it meant that they were using those luxuries to impose on other people. Right. Okay. I must say something because you are actually the only guy that I have this in common that I talk to, but um, um, it actually makes me sick to my stomach when I just th- think about it. But some some awful kids were bullying you and they forced you to drink something when you were a kid and, and it took a pee. And it was actually the same for me. I was at a party and it was like 10 guys and there was I was 14, 15 and they was 18 and they was giving me a, a couple of a beer and it was and then when I was drinking it, everybody was laughing at me and that's that was a, a very bad moment for me. And I, I, I never heard that. Uh, but when I was reading your story, I heard that it was the same for you. Yeah, I mean, look, I think everybody, you know, mine was younger. It was when I first moved to Dover, New Jersey. So I was six or so, and it was out of a Pepsi can. And and to me, you know, that sticks with you. Here I am 38 years later, and I remember that story. Yeah, same for me. What I like about that story, though, is I think that modern parenting and society tries to protect people from everything. And I think it makes people fear everything. And so for me, I'm... I'm grateful I went through that process because I think humiliation and being picked on, learning how to deal with adversity within yourself, not your parents going to fight for you or, you know, I I think everything in balance, right? Everything in balance, Um, you know, sustained bullying, I think is very concerning and dangerous and authorities and parents and teachers should step in. But I do think, occasional adversity is an important thing to learn how to deal with. And I would argue that there's probably a lot of 
things that you learned about yourself and the people around you from that terrible experience that you probably, without even realizing, took with you as you became older and has probably helped you deal with lesser. I always think like when you've been through a world war, COVID doesn't seem like too bad. I think for a lot of people, coronavirus and COVID is gonna be something that is gonna be helpful for them when they get older because when their food delivery is an hour late. They don't think that that's so horrible in a, or, or when they go out and have to stay, you know how many people go out and stand in a line and it's cold and they're upset? Well, maybe now they'll say, well, at least I can go to this concert because a year ago I had to sit in my house. So I do think perspective, you see where I'm going? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The listeners want to hear very much about your um, your hustling. And you went from bagging ice for $2 per hour to scaling your father's wine shop from $3 million to $60 million. How do you identify the hustle? Is it something innate or is it learned? What's, what's your secret sauce? My secret sauce is making people, finding balance, making people understand that work ethic is a variable of success. Like you can't hope to eat well and do push-ups to get into better physical shape. You have to actually do it. Same with hustle. Now the word hustle, as you know, cause you're very savvy, it's been manipulated and changed and twisted at this point and almost speaks to mental health issues. So I, I don't use the word hustle as much because I don't want there to be confusion because the, the manifestation of the word, I, I use work ethic. I think work ethic is unbelievably important but I don't think it should come at your physical or mental health. So we all have different capacities. When I started working out on my muscles five (laughs) years ago, six years ago, I Mm. could only do 10 pound curls. Now I can do 40 pound curls. Same with work. You know, if you're listening right now and you've been quote unquote lazy, or this was the time that you realized, oh my God, it is work ethic that I'm missing. You're not gonna be able to necessarily maybe physically work a 12 hour day, but but mentally, 
enjoying what you do. So for me, the reason it's always been easy work is because I love it. For me, selling baseball cards, lemonade, washing cars. By the way, the first couple of years of working at my dad's store bagging ice, I didn't like it. And they were very long days because I used to do baseball card shows and I would stand in the mall for 15 hours, no problem. You know, set up two hours before the mall opened, closed after, no problem. But then going to my dad's liquor store after three hours, I was like, Ugh, I'm tired because it wasn't fun to bag ice. Once I was eventually up stairs and started selling, learning about wine, then I became a 16 year old that could work 15 hours a day because I loved it. So it's about the energy that it brings to you. And you know, I used to struggle through first period of high school. One class, 45 minutes, I would be devastated because I disliked it. So I understand why people struggle with work. It's because they dislike it. And, and I also know that people burn out and overwork themselves because they think if they work really hard uh, for a couple of years, they'll get millions of dollars and then live on a beach. And that never works either. So, you know, to me, my, it's balance. It's understanding that it's 100% true that it is a factor in success but also understanding that you have to enjoy it to be able to put in those many hours. And then number three, we're all built chemically energy wise different and you need to listen to your body. So you need to sleep, you need to rest, you need to vacation, you need to escape and watch a movie or play a video game or balance it out. But I do find that if you love it, you'll find yourself working more hours than the average person. Right. And how do you find your passion? How do you find what you love? It's the same way you find what your favorite food is. You have to try things. You know, if you haven't found it, if it didn't come natural for you to find it, I mean, I don't know how I found it. All of a sudden, when I was seven, when it would snow, I thought it was more fun to go ring a doorbell and, you know, shovel the snow for $2. It was almost like it was so natural to me. But to your point, other people either A, are scared what they like is not practical or they, or they fear failing in it, or B, they just haven't had it. Like, you, you know, you don't know that a hot dog is your favorite hot dog, when, you know, your favorite food when you're born. It takes you going to a baseball game or whatever, or you're going to a barbecue when you're five or six or seven or eight years old, having it and saying, I love this. I, you don't know what your passion is until you do it. I, when I was four, if I understood the conversation from, let's say, my late great, you know, grandfather, Jedrushka Shia, you know, Grandma Shia, Grandpa Shia, excuse me, if he said, do you love school? Do you love work? Like, I wouldn't have been able to answer. I had to go live it for the next five to 10 years. And then I knew the answer. And I think people sitting right now, skiing might be your passion. You know, I always think about Novak Djokovic, who says that, you know, he worked at his family's restaurant in Croatia and they built a tennis court behind the restaurant and his family loved skiing. If that tennis court isn't built, he, he's not the number one player in tennis in the world. He thinks skiing is his passion, not tennis. You have to taste. All right. Now I want to dive deep into your di digital marketing world. And you have mentioned that uh, anyone who has a business or trying to scale their social media should be posting every day. Can you elaborate on this notion, Gary? I can. It is like push-ups, and I'll keep using that analogy. Every day you do a push-up, things happen for your muscles. I 
also believe that people listening right now don't have the ideas of what to post and some days are just tired. So I'd like you to post every day because I, I know something will happen every time you do. But I do want everybody here, and this is something I'm adding to my content, and I'm glad to say it on your podcast. It's okay if you don't. Don't beat yourself up. You can even go a month without posting because you're in a bad place or you're in a good place and you want to just get away for the month of August. But the reason I say post is because it's free distribution and awareness. I mean, the internet and social networks are incredible. We, you know, I grew up pre-social networks, pre-internet, really, so the idea of being able to get people to know about you and your business costs money. The fact that you can now build an audience on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube without anything other than your content and the equipment to make that content is usually in your hand because everybody at least has a cell phone and the camera and the editing quality on an iPhone is remarkable or an Android device. So you know, I think it's missed opportunity when one doesn't post. And I think that, um, I think people need to think about that. All right. And can you give us some, some insight into your content team? How big is your team? And uh, of course. So how much content do you create per day on each platform? So a couple things before I talk about my content team around Gary Vee, it's important for everybody to hear the first thing. From 2006 to 2014, for eight years, I had nobody. You know, and you can imagine why that's important because what I'm about to say, which is I have 15 people on my team, is gonna make everybody who's listening say, well, he's so lucky. Well, he's, you know, he's well off enough to be able to afford it. Everything he's saying is bullshit. It took me eight years of doing everything myself and you know this about me, I posted every day, eight years, to get to a place where I got financially secure enough to be able to build something of that nature. And by the way, it started with one person, Steve Unwin, then it was Andy Kay, then it was DRock, then India, you know? And so now it's 15 people, it's 15 people, it really only, so everybody's listening, it only needs to be three or four. The reason I do 15 is I use my team to train VaynerMedia. I use my team to eventually go into VaynerMedia. So I use my team as a training ground. So it's bigger than it quote unquote needs to be because it's strategic for my marketing firm at VaynerX. And when I say VaynerX, they may go to the Sasha Group, which is a small business agency, or they may go to PureWow or 137 PM, which is a publishing site, or they may go into Vayner Production. So we have a lot of you know, businesses. Anyway, what, what that all means in a long-winded way is um, we put out probably 25 to 30, 40, maybe 50 pieces of creative a day. A day. Is that include Insta stories or that? That or? does include Insta stories, anything that's put out. So to your point, right. you know, and, and by the way, Insta stories are probably about five to six of them. There's four Instagram posts. There's, you know, I myself. So much content. So much content. I myself do all my own Twitter. I do all the copy for Instagram. We do four Instagrams normally. We do four TikToks, five TikToks. We do five, four to five LinkedIn posts, a YouTube video every other day or so. Um, four to five Facebook posts, um, you know, 
it, to your point, Instagram stories, there's also Team Gary B accounts because I do everything myself. So I wanna make sure everybody knows Gary B is me, not somebody acting as me. That's why we have Team Gary B as an account to interact. Um, you know, so look, it's a prolific content strategy. There's a podcast that goes out every day. You know, it's, this is a real, real production team. Um, and so I believe in this. I, 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 you know, one thing I'm very proud of is I talk about things that I live. And so when I talk about putting content every day, but again, eight years by myself. And at first, because I couldn't create, the first two years, 90% of what I made was responses to Twitter. Somebody would type in something about a website or email or wine. Those are the three things I knew back then. I knew, and the Jets, you know, I would talk about sports. I would talk about wine. I would talk about email because I was a good email marketer. And I would talk about websites because I was website. And I would talk about YouTube because I was a very early YouTuber in 2006. So, yeah. And uh, what platform, Gary, will be the next big thing on your mind? Um, you know, I'm not sure. One thing that is interesting about me is I don't, You know, I get a lot of credit for predicting Notre Dame. I don't predict, I'm very good at moving fast when I see it. So for example, not only was I early on TikTok, I was early on Musical.ly, which was the precursor to TikTok, you know? And so I think that what I'm good at um, is really seeing what people are doing and then I move fast, whether that was Vine, or Facebook, or YouTube. So I don't know what's next, but I definitely know the second I see it, I will be there early, fast, and hard. Um, I do think that there's you know, augmented reality and virtual reality and blockchain and 5G. There's so many incredible technologies brewing, excuse me, that I don't, that I'm so excited. And I do think that TikTok and Snapchat over the last five to seven years, has proven that with social networks, there'll always be a new one. And so right this second, there's a young someone who's got the seed of an idea that will become the next great social network. And I can't wait to play in it, move quickly in it and understand how to bring value in it. Mm. And how do you hook the viewer within seconds of making a video? I think it, there's a lot of different ways. There's the math way and there's the art way. The math way is there are a lot of people out there that spend an amazing amount of time analytically understanding what words work better, what actions work better, title, thumbnails. I mean, the YouTube ecosystem. One of the reasons I'm not as big of a YouTube success story is I actually am not analytically strong at the titles and the thumbnails that would make YouTube wildly successful. I, on the other hand, am very strong at the second part, which is authentically strong content. I really know what I'm talking about. I was blessed with a personality trait that is interesting to people. And so I think the two ways is math and art. I'm more art, my natural charisma and communication style, and the fact that I actually have something to say about real things makes me work. Other people may not have all of that, but they have eight out of my 10 or six out of my eight, but they also are even better at the analytics part. What time to post? How long should it be? So I think if you're listening right now, 
either you have it, you just have it, it. You are that person. Or you have the ability to mathematically understand and get very good at it. A person I think does both well on YouTube is Mr. Beast. He's not only good at it, he's also extremely good at the title and thumbnails and the art, uh, excuse me, the mathematical art of YouTube, hence why he's so substantially big. But what are your thoughts about people being depressed from social media? Um, You know, I have a pretty interesting thought on this, which is, you know, when I was a kid, we blamed MTV and magazines for showing supermodels that were rail thin as to why young girls were depressed. You know, we blamed lifestyles of the rich and famous with Robin Leach as a show that was too aspirational and unrealistic, which made people have a bad relationship with money. I think that humans are very good at blaming platforms instead of holding themselves accountable. You know, I think it goes back to our piss story. I think either, you know, some people like that had that happen, like you and I had, use that as an excuse to why they're not happy or successful the rest of their lives. So I think right now people are unbelievably interested in blaming technology for their unhappiness instead of blaming their parents, their circumstances or themselves. You know, and I think we're demonizing the platforms. The platforms are empty and and really affirmation bias. You see what you're looking for. I can go on Twitter right now, follow nobody and find good and bad. Forget about an algorithm that tags me. So I think this is more about perspective and I think we need to spend more time within ourselves and finding more balance in society around merit and kindness. And I think both liberal and conservative sides have in their least, when they're more centered, have incredible validation around their beliefs. I think right now in the globe, they've become extremes. And I think we ourselves as individuals have lost our balance of both sides of call it modern and traditional values. And in that have decided to blame Facebook, which is laughable versus blaming ourselves. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't take the same stance that a lot of people do. First of all, you're more than welcome to delete the app. Now what's your excuse? Right, right. Like, like this is so interesting to me, but you know, again, I, I remind a lot of parents, you had eating disorders because you thought you needed to look like Kate Moss. There was no social networks then. And so we will always look at people, we will always, we will always try to disguise our insecurities And I think that that is a huge vulnerability. And blame is not going to fix it. And from blame to hate, you have mentioned that your comments have a 10 to 1 ratio for every 10 positive remarks of, I love you, Gary Wee. You always have the one comment of, you're a piece of shit. How do you handle haters? With compassion and empathy and understanding. You know, I have enormous conviction on stage, which, you know, conviction 
is a fine line between conviction and ego, you know, in its manifestation to the outside world. So I say to myself, if I'm not me and I'm going through a feed and I'm not in a good place and I see me for 49 seconds with happiness and conviction and a little bit of like straight shooting, (laughs) that's going to trigger me to dislike. And so I understand. I know that these people don't know me. You know a lot about me because you've done your research for this podcast. And like you said, we interacted in Sweden for a quick second in that dinner and, and those things. But you don't know me. And you know a lot, 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 lot more about me than 99% of people that leave a comment. So I deal with hate the same way I deal with love, which is I don't get too high and I don't get too low because the reality is the individual on the other side doesn't have enough context to really make a call. And so I spend a lot of time really paying attention to how the people closest to me feel about me and use that as my balance to who am I with my own feelings about myself. And that's how I live my life. Hmm. And to the last question then, uh, how do you want the world to remember you? You know, I've said this recently, I want I want the world to remember me as somebody who gave more than they took. Um, but, but because I, I love that one. A, thank you. I want to give you a different variation of it just to give you something because I figured you might or some other people might have heard that because I'm pretty consistent. That really is truly the answer, but there is a different validation uh, a variation. I would love to be known as for my own selfish energy um, as the business person that came along that made kindness and warmth and empathy like uh, a trait of a successful business person because I don't think that's how we think about it in society today. Can you provide an example of a short-term goal and a long-term goal for your future? Yeah, short term, I'm excited to really navigate a post-COVID world. What am I going to do with my real estate you know, situations for my companies? How am I going to manage and lead my companies through letting people work from home and have better work-life balance because I know they can be effective with, you know, with technology? Uh, how am I going to lead with smart strategies and I want to do a great job and position my people to be happy, fruitful, and successful? Long term... I'm very fascinated by film and television. And I think the skill sets that I've created in marketing and around myself translate well into that universe. And I think I'm curious how I play and how effectively I play in that universe in a decade from mm-hmm. today. And for everyone listening right now, go follow Gary Wee on all of his social platforms. I put the link in the bio. It was a complete honor to have you here today. Thank you very much, Gary. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Fram Gangspotten with Alexander Peraleros. Otroligt glad verkligen att vi hade det här avsnittet med ingen mindre än Gary Vaynerchuk. Vi har kämpat ett år att få med honom. Stort, stort tack till Ida Karleborn som gjorde ett fantastiskt jobb och lyckades få det. Otroligt kul att få sitta och prata med en sån här legend som honom. Det är verkligen, en, det är verkligen så, så häftigt att han tog sig tid och gjorde det. Nästa avsnitt är Maria Nilsson Lind som är en person som eh, har varit mycket media för något år sedan. Hon, hennes syster... Josefin gick bort och vi pratar väldigt mycket om det här 
hemska de har varit med om med psykisk ohälsa och hela tiden som, som skådespelare och hela deras karriärer egentligen. Så att ni har säkert sett det väldigt mycket i media. Jajamän, vi lyssnar in hennes syster i nästa avsnitt. Stort och tack att du lyssnar. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.